0: Hello, welcome to Off Curve. I am Wicked Good and I am talking to you about Hearthstone as I am driving home from work. It is Wednesday, December 26th, 2018. Uh, and I am. I have not talked to you all since uh, the Nerfs hit, unless you came into my stream Sunday night. And, um, well, I, I posted that emergency episode in the morning of the Nerfs and I had mentioned that. I had gotten to rank one, I think just rank one with, uh, even Shaman. And then all of a sudden the nerfs came and, uh, threw my plan completely out the window. And I am happy to report that finally we get to have some legend story time this week because I did what I have not been able to do for the past three months and got myself over the hump to legend which feels more like a relief than a, an accomplishment if i'm being really honest um we'll go through some legend story time and i got some thoughts about getting to legend again anyway that are kind of it kind of inspired by some of blister guy's most recent episodes too cuz he's been kind of feeling not not as long as i have but feeling kind of the same struggles as i have and and, and i can tell you that i definitely like, I don't typically get ladder anxiety anymore, but I was really starting to feel it in, like, the last couple of games in Rank 1. So, I so I, I got home Wednesday night, and I got home late, because I ended up having to... Um, no, I, I don't think I worked... Did I work late that night? No, no, no. I, I ended up getting home late Thursday night because of the kids' uh, holiday concert, but I... I didn't really have any chance to play. I didn't really want to ladder at rank one, you know, on my lunch break or whatever right after they changed the cards because I didn't really know what the meta was going to look like and I was, um, you know, I, I couldn't really focus on it. So I got home. I was hoping even Shaman was going to be good and it turned out it was not as good without the shield breakers because, with, with the shield breaker build that I had because that was really tech to beat Odd Paladin And really just Odd Paladin, ultimately. And that was not going to happen uh, when Odd Paladin was no longer a deck anymore. And what I found was that all of a sudden, whereas it had been that I wanted to just silence taunts to push through damage, turns out there weren't as many taunts anymore, and now there were Death Rattles that I did want to silence. So that deck didn't really do quite so well. So I, I didn't really do much on Thursday. On Wednesday, on Thursday, the kids had a holiday concert. I didn't get home until like nine nine thirty, and I, I played a little bit, but I really wasn't, you know, awake enough at that point to really do super serious laddering. So I didn't really get to play ladder seriously until like Friday night. And meanwhile, Andrew over at the Happy Hearthstone, who also hit legend, had been messaging me about Mecha Priest, and I, 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 I was tempted, and then I said, you know what, I'm not playing Mecha Priest because I just don't trust myself to play to learn Mecathune Priest at rank one non-legend, so I'm just going to stick with what I know. But what I know wasn't working. And 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 this is kind of the art and the science of a ladder climb to some extent, which is understanding when you're responding to variance and understanding when the meta really has shifted and you need to take stock of like what your stats are. And I looked at what, what I was facing, and I really wasn't facing any favorable matchups anymore. I knew that the meta had changed. I didn't have to guess at it because the nerfs came. And I said, you know what? Even Shaman... Got me this far, but it's not going to get me over the top. So, I and, and there really weren't too many decks being posted those first couple days. I think people were trying a lot of stuff out. There were, nobody was really confident enough to post like this is a, this is a list that works. Friday that changed, and I started seeing some priest lists. And if you've been following the show or or me or whatever for any length of time, you know that I. Priest is, is my favorite class by a a, long, a large margin. Like, it's Priest and then everything else. Like, that is the class that I enjoy playing the most. So I saw Dragon Priest, and, which is effectively a Mind Blast Priest, but with extra dragons. And, and that uh, a player named Sebastian posted. And I... Sebastian Joe, I believe. And I said, I don't know. I don't know if I want to play Dragon Priest. And I played a couple more games of Human Shaman. And it, it just wasn't doing it. And I said, okay, you know what? Let's just try Dragon Priest and let's see how it goes. And I think I got more excited as the day went on. And I got home from work. This is Friday night. And I played it and it just started working. And the reason it was working is because I was seeing a lot of Hunter. Like a lot. And I think it's probably the same as it is right now, where Hunter's a lot of the meta. Um I was seeing Secret Hunter, I was seeing Spell Hunter, I was seeing Mid-Range Hunter, I was seeing Death Rattle Hunter, like anything that Could press a button and do two damage to your face? I was seeing. And this deck works really well against that. I'll talk about the exact strategy in a bit. But it you have a lot of tools to play defensively, not have to attack into their secrets until you want to and you can deal with a Spellstone, which used to be, like, the reason the Priest was bad against Hunter in the past was that you could not deal with a Spellstone, and now you can, because not only do you have Dust breakers, but you also have Mass Hysteria, which, if they play a four-wolf Spellstone, you play a Mass Hysteria, two bang into each other, then two bang into each other, and you've cleared the board, and you've just answered their one card with your one card, and you're back to where you started. So... I was doing that and I, I was feeling really good and I was winning. Like I started at like rank one, zero stars and I, all of a sudden I was at rank one, three stars and I was at rank one, four stars. And and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is actually going to happen. And then I, I get to my final boss and I'm going back and forth with them. I'm stabilized. I have lethal in hand. I know that they're dead next turn unless they get, like, Lifesteal off of... Actually, it wasn't I wasn't even worried about Lifesteal off of a wreckstar because I had no board. And when you have no board, the only way that they can heal is Life Drinker or if they manage to, like, kill off a, a plated beetle or something. So I'm like, I got this. The only way they win is... The only way they don't lose here is if they have a, um, if they have a, a, if they get a life drinker and I'm looking at their board, I'm at nine and they have a two, I don't even remember what kind of minion it was, but it had two attack and they had a candle shot. So I'm at nine, they have three damage on board. They did, they don't have a hero power that can hit my face. I got this. I'm good. And then the hero power, they get a four attack crackling razor maw with charge that gives their other beast wind fury and they hit me four from the razor maw two eat from each attack from from the other minion and the, the candle shot is exactly and i was pissed like one one turn away from legend and i get i lose to just straight up rexar nonsense now Granted, that's never the case. Like, there's probably 16 other turns where I could have played differently, but ultimately I played the game to the best of my ability, I, I felt, and I lost at the end to just straight up Rexar RNG. There was no other, like, sequence of events other than a life tricker that was going to get them out of that event, out of that that scenario, because I had, I don't remember if it was one or two, I think I had one mind blast and they were at nine, and... So, I could go Anduin Ping, Mind Blast Anduin Ping, and just get them. And that would have been the end of the game, but no. <laughs> so, and, and Samurai Flea was watching me. He's uh, the other ad, one of the other admins in the Velen's Chosen Discord, and he was watching me. And I And I said to him, just like, that hurt. <laughs> like, I was not happy. Like, to just work that hard and then lose to what felt like just complete RNG was really really stunning. But I so in previous months I probably would have taken a break for a good like hour and then and then come back to it and then probably lost another game and then gotten gotten uh tilted off the face of the earth. And this time I just, you know what? Let's just go right back to I'll get right back on the horse. I was that close we can get back there again. And so I play a game against another hunter, and this one goes better, and I'm able to beat them, and I get up to my next final boss. And it's an odd mage. It's the aggro odd mage that's running all the secrets and the secret keepers. And this this deck, like, never played this well when I was playing against it. But, well, I was playing as it, but it just got straight fire as the first couple turns. Like, it got a secret keeper into a, um into, like, two fireflies into a Kieran Toru mage with a secret on turn three and all of a sudden I'm facing down four minions I'm taking two damage a turn from the hero power and I'm like starting to fall behind already I coin Duskbreaker and the secret is counterspell so the counters the coin so I have to wait another turn to Duskbreaker which means like another seven damage is hitting my face plus the hero power and I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? Like, this is how it's going. This is gonna how it's going to go. And I actually said out loud at one point, can you take a turn off, please? Because I kept like answering everything that they were doing, but it's just like they had another, like they would, they would, I would clear a big minion and they would drop Baku. I clear Baku and they drop Leroy. Like I'd clear Leroy and they'd have, like, another couple of big minions, or they'd play a, a, a Pyromaniac, which kept made it hard for me to play a minion because I didn't want them to be drawing, and just, like, on and on, and I, did, I had to psychic scream a Ragnaros at least, like, twice, if not three times <laughs> to, to, like, Jadali, and then I had to scream the Ragnaros again, and I may have had to scream it a third time, I don't remember, but eventually they were still only drawing one card a turn, and I was doing significantly more than that. And eventually I made it. But it was a battle. And and I, I kind of want to talk about some of the mental things. And I also want to talk about the deck, obviously, because that's what you're all here for. So before I talk about the deck, I kind of want to talk about my mental state leading up to this. Because, like, I've been really close to Legend, but I haven't just been able to push through. And I... And I, I kind of felt myself getting into my own head and, and also I felt like this incredible relief which surprised me like I mean I guess it didn't surprise me as much as it surprised me that I was surprised by it if that makes sense like I, I wasn't even like happy <laughs> you know like I wasn't I, I mean I was but I was more just relieved and I I came to realize that I I think I've just been putting a lot of additional pressure on myself that I really as much as I say and I mean it when I say it that I'm okay with not getting to legend I think that it was definitely starting to eat away at me and and it's it's a couple of things and I'm sharing this both because I want to be honest on this show and I want I if you're if you're listening and you're struggling with where you're getting to I just want I really want you to know that just getting there a bunch of times, doesn't make me any better at dealing with this than you are, probably. Um, and we all kind of have our own battles that we're fighting. And, and if you go back to, I think it's episode 67, I titled Writing the Ship, I, I talked about a lot of this in, in terms of entitlement tilt and, um, you know, the kinds of things that tilt me. But this is more of like, why this was such a big deal. And so... And I think it's going it, it's kind of been because of you know being a content creator, you you whether it's actually relevant or not, you end up putting a lot of additional pressure on yourself to continue to perform as an expert in the space. And I know that that was weighing on me that as much as I may say I'm not my rank, like I'm also kind of speaking from something of a position of authority, and, and it, my results were not in line with that. Whether or not the results were, you know, indicative of skill or not, like, I got to, like, rank one three stars, rank one four stars. If, if a couple of draws went my way differently, I might, or, it, you know, if i had been slightly less hired playing, I might have gotten there, right? So it's really ridiculous, but, I mean, and I definitely felt that on my I mentioned my stream a week ago, like, a couple of times in the last episode. And I was misplaying, like, all over the place. Like, I was playing Priest. I thought, it was, I thought I knew what was going on with the deck. I was just losing either to bad RNG. I misinterpreted one matchup and completely misplayed. I was making just stupid misplays when I decided to midstream to, sh- to, to switch to Shutterwalk until I decided I was just too tired to keep going. And, and I felt really bad because, again, like, nobody wants to be misplaying on stream, right? Like, you put, a, you put additional pressure on yourself, too when you're doing that. And I hold myself to a pretty high standard. I, I do not like making mistakes in general. Like it's one of my, one of my hangups. Like I, I am very hard on myself when I make mistakes, which goes back to, you know, living for 35 years with undiagnosed ADD, where I would make mistakes all the time randomly because of attention deficit issues and treated as a personal failing until I knew, until I, I got diagnosed and I realized that that wasn't necessarily something that I could have prevented without outside help. But, you know, I I, I really want to thank everyone who was in the stream that night because, you know, you could have a lot of people who were... And I was definitely getting snippy. Like, there was somebody who was trying to give me plays in the chat, and I was not having it. And I... And, and, you know, it's... I, I... as much as I do it when I'm in other people's chats, but I think people are, are asking me to do that a lot of times, and if not, then tell me. But, like, I, I don't... As much as I like people commenting on the plays and helping me get better, like, telling me what to do in my chat is something that I just don't take well to, for whatever reason. Um, especially when it seemed like they were doing that because I was struggling, and it, it kind of, it, you know, exacerbated it. So in any event, like, but most of the people in the chat were really supportive and, you know, understanding and, and, and encouraging. And it kind of, that's one thing that happened is it kind of helped me put back into perspective that like, even if I'm messing up or I'm not achieving my goals for a month, like that doesn't mean that I'm a worse player. And it doesn't mean that people don't appreciate what I do and support me. And, and, I think that the other thing that... And I think I talked about that in this episode. In, the, in the, the Writing the Ship episode also. Is that Hearthstone's really the first... I guess other than Rock Band. I guess I was really good at Rock Band. At one point. But this is like the first time I've been demonstrably good at a video game. Where other people could see it. Like I grew up playing fighting games a lot with my friends. And I was just flat out terrible. And the same thing went for first person shooters. Where I was just awful at them. And I can never quite figure it out. And... And even when I was playing Magic in high school, I wasn't really great at it. So, like, being good at Hearthstone is like the first time that I've been good at a video game my entire life, basically. And it also goes along with the period of time right after I got diagnosed with ADD. And this was something to kind of prove that I was able to be good at something if I put put time and energy into it. And then not getting those results month after month for the last couple of months was, was kind of flying in the face of that. And there's probably still some self-esteem issues that I need to work through where uh, my rank is affecting my sense of self-worth and I need to get over that because that's not a healthy place to be. Um, but you know, that, that and that kind of on reflection kind of was made clear to me by my reaction to hitting legend that it wasn't, it wasn't like I'm happy or I, you know, I did it cause I've done it a whole bunch of times too or even just like, okay, let's keep going. It was just relief that I'd gotten there finally. And I gotten this monkey off my back and you know, that kind of bothered me to some extent, but I think that recognizing that will help me kind of deal with it to be more healthy. And and maybe if you're struggling with that too, maybe this will inspire you to, to be a bit self-reflective and try to figure out where those things are coming from. But we all kind of struggle with those things. I mean, I wouldn't call this addiction, but it's, definitely there are it's very easy to get involved with a game like this in an unhealthy way and it's important to confront those things in yourself when you see them because if you acknowledge it then you can fix them right so anyway that's enough about that let's talk about the deck and get on to some happier topics and then we can um, answer some questions and and see if we can get some more people to legend or wherever you want to get to Okay, so let's just run down the list real quick, and then we'll get into you know some of the some of the card choices and why and, and why this I feel like this is really good for the meta right now. Um, and the meta could have changed since like what, the end of last weekend, but, um, so you're running two Northshire Cleric, two Power Word Shield, uh, one copy Divine Hymn, one copy of Fierce Switch Doctor, two copies of Mind Blast, um, two Shadow Visions, uh, one copy of Acolyte of Pain, two Twilight Acolytes, um, two Dusk Breakers. Uh, 2 Scale Worms, 2 Twilight Drakes, one, 1 copy of Mass Hysteria, 1 Cabal Shadow Priest, uh, two, 1 copy of Holy Fire, 2 Crowd Roasters, 2 Psychic Screams, 2 Primordial Drakes, Shadow Reaper Anduin, and Alexstrasza. And, you know, there, there are a lot of one-ofs in this list, and you could probably tighten this up a little bit. I found that the, um, I really wanted a Glutton of in the list. Um, I found that Acolyte of Pain was kind of underperforming for me. I was very rarely... Because this this deck doesn't... This... Now that you don't need to worry about Odd Paladin, you don't need to run Wild Pyromancer, but that also means that the Acolyte gets less value. And typically you're only getting getting to draw one card off of it. So that might have been better off being something else. I might have wanted a second uh, Fierce uh, Witch Doctor Uh, in that spot. Instead, if you're seeing a lot of aggro, you could probably run a second Divine Hymn just for some extra healing or a second Holy Fire. Um... So there, there's some there's some room to tweak this list, but the reason that this is really good is just because it's very good against Hunter in general. So the way that Hunter's going to beat you is through. I mean, Death Rattle Hunter's going to put big minions on the board and make you answer them, and especially Death Rattles that are going to be difficult for you to deal with, and um, Secret and Spell Hunter are going to make you deal with the secrets and then punish you punish you for uh, making bad decisions and. Into- so, the way you deal with Secret and spell hunter is very straightforward. Um, you, don't, you just don't attack until you know what the secrets are and you know you can deal with them. Because you don't have to. Like, your game plan, ultimately, as a Dragon Priest... Like, this is the way that you want to end the game, typically. Is, um, you play Shadow Reaper and win on 8. This is, a, this is the best case scenario. You Shadow Reaper and win on 8. You play Alex in their face, on 9. And then, turn 10, you go uh, Anduin ping... Holy, f- uh, Mind Blast, Anduin Ping, Mind Blast, Anduin Ping. That's 16 damage. You just set them to 15 and they're dead. Now, the, the game plan often does not go this way because you very rarely draw everything in that order and then get to play it that cleanly. But ultimately, that's the general gist of what you're trying to do in every match. And so the, the damage that you get in, assuming that you draw Alexstrasza before that, is, is kind of irrelevant. So you can take your time and just not attack into their secrets until you know that you can deal with whatever it's going to be and then clear them efficiently. And what that does is it leaves cards stranded in their hand because they can't play that second copy of the secret until you clear the first one. And it um, it, it also just gives you minions on board to be able to trade off their spellstone. You also now have access to Mass Hysteria, which just answers a spellstone straight up. It's it's They play a four-wolf... A four, wolf, a four wolf spellstone, and you just go mass hysteria. They go bang bang, and they're done. Um, you also have psychic scream, which is really good against spell hunter in particular, just because that turns off rock and to my side. And you also, and that's also good against death rattle hunter. Being able to deal with their death rattles, like being able to send a cube back into their deck, is really strong. Being able to take a cube with a cabal shadow priest is really strong, or or um, twilight acolyte and cabal shadow priest um a cube is really strong too. So there's a lot of different ways that you can punish the death rattle hunter. Now, if they get Rexar on 6, typically that's going to be hard for you to deal with regardless. It's just too much value. But if they don't do that, generally you're able to answer all of their threats and then you start presenting threats coming back the other way. And without Rexar, they they generally can't deal with it and then you could just you don't even necessarily need the full combo. You can usually just, you know, use your mind blast in in conjunction with whatever else whatever other Um, burn you have. Um, The reason Holy Fire is in the list, by the way, is predominantly for redundancy against, um, in case you don't draw Shadow Reaper Anduin, like you can get a Holy Fire out of a Shadow Visions, and then you can go Alexstrasza into Holy Fire, Mind Blast, Mind Blast, and you still get the 15 damage. So that's the main reason that Holy Fire is in there, and sometimes it's just, again, it's just a good heal. And, you know, this deck is really just a matter of Understanding what your role is in the matchup is going to be very critical. Like, you need to understand if you're the control, you're the beatdown. Against aggro, you're the control. And you're generally going to use your removal more liberally, and you're going to just try, try to outlast them. And then if you just outlive them long enough, eventually you'll be able to do the rest of the damage over top. If you're playing against something that's a slower deck, like an Odd Warrior, or, or Big Spell Mage is a terrible matchup, for example... You're, you need to be aggressive and just push as much face damage as you can. And then try to get there with uh, your Mind Blast over the top. Generally, in general, especially given that there's no Wild Pyromancer in the deck, you generally are going to hold your Mind Blast until you have Lethal. Sometimes you'll use Holy Fire to help set that up on a prior turn. But you generally want to try to burst them down from as high a life total as you as you're going to be able to. And the reason for this is that... If you start on the burn plan, they will heal in response. Because they know that if you're using part of their part of your burn, the rest of it is probably ready for the following turn. So any player, any good player who sees that, will heal out of range, and then you may not have enough burn to get over the top. If you, you know, holy fire doesn't generally raise that alarm because sometimes you'll just holy fire, but if you have mind blast and you start like using the mind blast to weave in, like, they can just heal out of that, and then you may not have enough burn to get over. Uh, so, you, you generally want to um, try to maximize your burn, and, and, you know, extra burn out of Shadow Visions will help, too. And there are other things that you can do to kind of maximize the amount of damage that you can do and just try to stick minions and get in their face. Um, but again, against Hunters in particular, and against, like, Odd Rogues and stuff like that, all you have to do is live, and you're probably going to end up winning that game. And that's why that's good for the meta right now, because there's a lot of decks like that. And as long as you can just weather the storm, and you're smart about how you use the removal and when you use the removal, then you can generally outlast them and and be able to win in the end game once they start running out of stuff to do. So I'm already way closer to home than I expected to be, so let's get into some questions. I put out a call on Twitter for some questions today. Um, so the first one comes from Dougie Fresh, who says, Can you talk about Mulligans? Took it from 8 to 4, but I feel like I need some tips against better players. So... Generally, you need to recognize what you're playing against. I always toss back Mind Blast and, and Holy Fire. And the reason is that, you know, the more you can get extra burn from Shadow Visions that's in the deck, the better off you are. And Mind Blast is typically a dead card for most of the game. Um, against Aggro, I will generally, I mean, in general, I will hold a Duskbreaker and I will hold another Dragon if I have the Duskbreaker against almost anything. And generally, the Scale Worm is the same thing. Scaleworm's really strong in terms of being able to just, uh, you know, use it as a 5 damage removal that might stick around and be a minion. And against anything, it's generally very good. And I'll hold them, even if I don't have a dragon, to activate them, because you're very likely to draw into a dragon. Um, I'll hold uh, something like a Mass Hysteria against a control, against an aggro deck, if I, or, or against a Hunter, just because I know that I'm going to get use out of it. Um, I won't hold that necessarily if I don't know what I'm facing or I'm facing against control. And I will hold generally Northshire Cleric and Power and, and Word Power Shield if I have a Cleric um, against control decks. Because generally against those decks, you just want to draw as much as you possibly can. And it's pretty safe to put the Cleric down on one. So uh, that's, that's kind of a rough mulligan guide. I mean, think about what you're going to want in your first few turns. Are you going to want to be able to develop a board? Or you're going to want to be able to to claw your way back onto board, and that should kind of drive a lot of your Mulligan decisions. Um, Forest Bates asks, "What do you think about adding Seance in the list? A few times playing it, it felt as if I could have uh, I could have added one of my dragons back to my hand to activate another card or reuse a Dustbreaker or a Roaster, and if it wouldn't be good, I, I think that my problem with that in general is that I would rather just have a better minion like i you know you're going to have to spend a card slot on a séance when you're not really gonna, where you're sometimes just not going to get value out of it and i'm a little bit worried about that in terms of being able to being able to have enough you know dragons to get you over the top because it's like it comes down to what are you cutting and you're probably cutting a dragon which is going to make the rest of your dragons also more inconsistent without being able to get them into with a séance into your hand, and i've never really felt like i needed more of that like a lot of the time like in those games i'm probably losing anyway I think you could try it. I don't know what you would cut, but you could certainly try it. And I mean, maybe you cut the Acolyte for it and see if it's any good. Um, but I, I feel like you might end up being disappointed by it, because I think you just want more minions in the list than a Seance, which is going to be a very slow way to activate those dragons. And uh, Earthshatter asks, What's the best thing to pick off Shadow Visions against certain decks? That's a bad wording, but I guess what I'm trying to ask is against aggro control, co- mid range control. What cards do you look for? So this is a great question, and and I think that one thing that I'm going to add that you didn't ask, is that if you don't know what you're playing against, do not play Shadow Visions. Hold on to that doesn't mean you mulligan it away, and and that's the other thing I should have added with the mulligan, the mulligan also. I almost always keep Shadow Visions in the mulligan, and the reason is that it doesn't matter what kind of a matchup you're in you're pretty much always going to want more of something that something is probably going maybe board clears or maybe burn but you're always going to want more of something so and shadow visions the longer that it takes you to draw it the less chance you have to get that something because you may have drawn that out of the deck already and there's a lot of one of in this deck so i like keeping shadow visions in the mulligan as far as what you're keeping um, it really depends on what your game plan is it doesn't even matter what you're facing. It matters on what your game plan is and where you are in the matchup. So, if I'm playing as Aggro, I'm probably going to keep try to look for Mass hysteria, a lot of the time, or or Psychic Scream, depending on what the deck is. But one or the other, I'm probably looking for. I might also take a Twilight Acolyte if I have a dragon in hand and I expect that they're um, going to be playing big things. Like I'll, I'll also keep the Twilight Acolyte against aggro decks, and against even Warlock in particular, because Twilight Acolyte's actually a really good way to, to handle a Mountain Giant. You just make it a 2-8, and then you have an 8-4, and then they have to deal with it, so that's a pretty good swing. But it, it depends on, generally you're looking for reactive tools against aggressive decks to help yourself live. Sometimes that'll be a Divine Hymn just to give yourself a little bit more healing, or a Holy Fire if you need to remove and heal, um, sometimes it's going to be a twilight acolyte to neutralize the threat. sometimes it's going to be uh, mass hysteria or, or psychic scream in order to neutralize a big board. but whatever it is like it, it basically you're looking for whatever your best answer is against that particular aggro deck. Against control and against slower decks or once you have the game in hand, you're just looking for burn. You're looking for mind blast and you're looking for holy fire and you're looking to piece together a big a big um, combo. Like you can burst a lot of decks down from a high life total with this deck. So, just for some shortcuts in terms of, like, you know, numbers, then, like, Mind Blast, you know, Ping, Mind Blast, Ping is 16. Ping, Holy Fire, or Mind Blast and Ping is, um, excuse me, is 9. So, you can do 24 damage over two turns if you have a Holy Blast and uh, two Mind Blasts and a shadow Reaper and win Hero Power. So, you know, and the more of those you get... The more the more burst damage you can do, the the faster you can close out the game, or less le- less wiggle room you need to clean out the game, to clear out the game. And, and failing that, sometimes I'll just take a powered shield for draw, or I'll take another shadow visions to just roll again. You don't have that many spells in the deck, so you should generally be able to get what you're looking for. But you want to know what you're playing against, and you want to know what you want out of out of shadow visions, and that's really the key to being successful with shadow visions. I think a lot of people will play it on two. Even if they don't know what they 're playing against because it 's a good on curve play, and it is, but it 's not a good on curve play if you guess wrong like if you if you 're playing against a secret hunter and you, um, you pick a mass hysteria or you 're playing against a death rattle hunter you play, pick a mass hysteria you 're going to be sad because you're going to activate their death rattles for them and you're going to want to um, you're going wish you would pick psychic scream for instance. All right. So that's it for this week. Um, you know, nice shorter episode, but I've got a shorter drive home because there's nobody on the road because it's the week between Christmas and new Year's, So hooray. Um, but I'll just remind you really quickly that you can find all the show notes for this episode at offcurve.com. You can also follow, um, at offcurve for announcements for when new episodes go live and you can follow me on Twitter at wicked Uh, if you want announcements for that and, um, all kinds of other things. And you can also uh, follow me on Twitch. I'm wickedgoodfm. I stream usually Sunday nights and sometimes midweek when I feel like it. And um, and please do leave a review on iTunes because it does help other people find the show. And it, it it makes me feel good in the cockles of my heart. I don't know where the cockles are, but I've... Oh my goodness, there's a kid riding around in all black on a bicycle. And I just barely saw the reflectors. Um. So you know, I don't know exactly where the cockles of my heart are, but you know, wherever they are, it makes them warm. So, and, and it helps other people find the show and, and, you know, it does all kinds of good things. So if you have not left a review and, uh, you could take two minutes and do that, it means the world to me. I always enjoy getting those It you know, getting feedback is kind of what podcasters live for. And other than that, um, you know, enjoy the new meta, enjoy the new year. Um, good luck to you in, Whatever you're going to be doing, good luck to you in the new year. And, um, you know, be good to each other. We'll talk soon. Have a good one.